Welcome, everybody, to TWGTF, or as everyone knows it, from the exploding streets of Vancouver to that really unfortunate small town where all that bad stuff happens in our city. You know what? I'm going to say it. Both, both movies. Bad things happen to both movies, and both bad things happen to both of us when we had to watch these movies. This is Two White Guys Talking Film. I am, of course, your host, Ben. And I'm Tyler. And, oh boy, do we have a show for you this week. But before we do that, uh, we have to, of course, talk about the best thing we saw this week. Tyler, are you are you eating anything? Are you drinking anything? But most I, importantly, what did you see? I am drinking something called a Play Wave. A Play Wave. It is an alcoholic beverage. I don't know. It, yeah, Portland has really spoiled me with choices for alcohol or for beer. Nice. I just, like pick what looks cool so yeah that's what i'm I, drinking right now i i made some uh crystal light tea and then poured vodka in it i call it a drunken georgian that's that's mm. what i'm that's what i'm calling it that sounds so, strange it, it is it's actually good though because you really can't taste the vodka so you're like oh i can have nine of these and then you find yourself <laughs> passed out on the ground and then like seven hours has elapsed that that sounds huh. fun sounds super fun yeah what did you see this week, though? I watched a little movie, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, called Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. No, no, I've never heard of that movie. It's great. I remember watching it, I've watched it a lot since I was like a little kid. I haven't seen it in like five years, and it was definitely a lot scuzzier than I remembered it. <laughs> it's a documentary shot during like the hair metal years of like Los Angeles. The director is Penelope Spears of uh, Wayne's World fame. Okay, I know who she is. Yeah, she directed a bunch of... She directed three documentaries, uh, all titled Decline of Western Civilization. The first one's, like, about the hardcore scene in L.A. The second one's about the hair metal scene. And the third one's about the gutter punk scene in, like, the late 90s. And this one's probably the one that's the most famous, I would suppose, since it has, like, a lot of, like, hair metal fans, I guess. Huh. Uh, it, it it interviews like a lot of people in the LA scene and they're all just very very sexist and very fake it till you make it type and it's just so simultaneously like kind of heartbreaking but also like you kind of like hate everyone in it that isn't semi-decent like everyone is annoying except for like Ozzy Osbourne and Lemmy are the two like people who come out looking pretty okay. Oh, that's saying something if Ozzy's coming out looking good. Yeah. She did this thing where she was like, everyone gets to pick where they get interviewed, and Gene Simmons oh. picked like a lingerie store. Oh, <laughs> so no. it's like, like, oh, this will make it look really cool, but it makes you look like the biggest tool in the universe. My only guess is it probably took the longest for him to film his segment because he probably was just constantly walking off with a woman and banging her and then coming back, <laughs> if I had to guess, because knowing his track record, he probably logged a lot of miles in that lingerie store. He, at one point, is just staring at a woman and was like, you hear her ask him a question. He starts to answer it. She, like, walks over and he just goes, achi machi, as he just, like, stares at her from head to toe. And you're just like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen <laughs> committed to film. Like, this is worse than, like, any Lars von Trier movie. Once again, that's saying something considering Lars von Trier is in the conversation. Mm -hmm. He, that, it's just, like, such a, just an absolute, like, wow, this, this is disgusting. I hate this. I hate how I feel. want to take a shower right now. I can appreciate that. Well, that's what you get for picking a movie about the uh, the hair metal scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I picked. I did. I did. I did it to myself. You know, it's fine. 
Yeah, it's not the only thing you did to yourself this weekend. This <laughs> week, we'll, it's not the only we'll thing. We'll yeah, <laughs> yes, we will. But before we before we get into the uh, how do I put it procedure that is those two films, I just after we finished talking last week, sat down and I was looking through Netflix and I came across a an old friend, and that old friend is a movie called The Fifth Element. And Ooh. man, I got to tell you, Bruce Willis is at his best when he is actually interested in the project he is involved in or when he's allowed to play a version of John McClane. Luckily, <laughs> both of these are kind of that. He's kind of just playing John McClane in the future, and he also seems like he gives a shit about this, and it works. He seems to be playing less competent John McClane. I, see, I don't know, though. He's a war hero in that movie. Like, he, Yeah, but he's like a war hero who like is a taxi driver. You know what it is? He's John McClane in the third Die Hard, where he's kind of been suspended from the force. That's kind of what he is. Yeah, I guess that makes more sense. I the think third, what I what I wrote about it is I wrote I wrote a priest, a cab driver, a DJ, and a god attempt to save the world, and it's maybe the best conversation for what is the best Chris Tucker performance of all time. Mm. What is the most annoying Chris Tucker performance? Oh, but it oh, works. It works oh, so well. It's so good. That moment where they're attempting to take off on the ship, and he's just essentially going down on that like flight attendant, and just just the way he acts, and just like how she's like trying to get him to take his position. He's like, I don't want one position. I want all positions. Oh my god. And just and just how annoying. You're right. I mean, but that's what he's supposed to be. He's the annoying sidekick, and they play it up so well. He's more than the annoying sidekick. He's like just he is the most annoying person in the universe and you're just like stuck with him and you have to also save him because he's also a human and you can't just like jettison him out, out of it's it's very true your doors like, i do love this the, between him and mckellen where he's like he goes he goes my man what is this and he's like it's it's because it no 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 no. if this was a bomb it would go off because all these hotels have bomb detectors and then the alarms start to go off and chris tucker just whips his head around like looking up at the ceiling like what the hell he's also just dressed in the most outlandish yeah. like clothes I mean, it, we haven't even spoken about Mila Djokovic. Amazing in this movie. Probably her best movie. I wouldn't say best performance, because, like, she doesn't have anything to do other than yeah. just to be scared. Actually, no, she kicks ass throughout most of the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess and the, work is... And the tough performance from her is, like, she has to, for the first half of that movie, communicate without using real words. And you, the beauty of it is she actually is so good at it she gets across what she's trying to say when you don't even understand it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll take that back. Granted, she's not asked a lot. This is definitely Bruce Willis is the star of this movie. Yeah, and she's also a mute alien <laughs> for most of the movie. <laughs> Who has, like, her weird language that she spoke with the director of the movie. Which is Who, who she dated at one thing. point, too. Yeah, dated after that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was 22, while, and that while, goofy fuck got to date her. Good for you, Luke Besson. No, Luke Besson, he's a creep. Oh, he's uh, a creep, but that dude's responsible for maybe, like, four of my favorite movies when I was, like, a young kid. Like, The Professional and Fifth Element are incredible. Yeah, I'm never going to go back to The Professional. Oh, oh it's, it. it's so good. It's such a good movie. Gary Oldman, by the way, Gary Oldman, we didn't even mention he's in The Fifth Element, and he's so funny in it. I didn't realize it was Gary Oldman for a long time until I, I rewatched it uh, a few that's years ago. That's most movies. That's most well, movies with him. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I rewatched it a few years ago in the in the movie theaters, and I was like, "That's Gary Oldman. What the hell?" <laughs> like I was just like, "What?" The scene where he comes down the stairs of his ship, and they're like, "Sir, you can't stay here. There's a bomb in the hotel." And he just blows away three guys. He goes, "I know," and just keeps walking. 
Such an asshole in that movie. <laughs> he has the great line. He goes, I know this music. Let's change the beat. And just starts. Like, just, he's not really interacting with any. <sighs> the only thing that doesn't make sense about the movie is the giant ball of fire alive? What What is that? Like, they never really go into detail about what it is, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah, they don't explain a whole lot, which I think is kind of to the betterment of that movie. It's like... Yeah, you're just supposed no, to know evil is coming and she can stop it. Well, it's just like, this is what the world is. Just, you know, just figure it out. Just get used to it. That's, what, that's how Chris Tucker talks. Like, you can't change it. It's just going to happen. <laughs> It's true. It's very true. But man, for a movie like that really didn't have like an established franchise, they really went all in on that movie. Like it's was, a big movie. Was that before or after Leon the Professional? That is after the Professional. Okay, that's probably why. Yeah, I, I guess they saw the Professional was a huge success. Well, it was also he did uh, La Femme Nikita before that, right? Yes, he does. Yeah. He does that. So... It goes La Femme Nikita Professional Fifth Element. I'm sure there's stuff in between there, but. That's a pretty solid little run. Um, yeah, La Femme Nikita was like weirdly a crossover hit, and then Leon the Professional was even bigger, and so they're just like, he was just like, I want to do giant space movie, and they're like, whatever, we'll just give you all the money. He you takes about three years <laughs> off in between Professional and Fifth Element, which... I assume it was probably to pre-production, the Fifth Element. Yeah, probably. And then it's The Messenger, The Joan of Arc, and kind of a big dry spell for a while, I I mean, Lucy's kind of a big comeback. I mean, you uh, could just say it's a dry spell until now. And Although I like does, Valerian. I'll, uh, wow, I'll you and I might be the only, wow. You might be the only other person I've met who likes Valerian. I like Valerian. That's pretty good. I, I, I look at that movie and I say, yeah, this is him just trying to kind of recapture the magic of Fifth Element. It doesn't work all the time, but there are things in that in those performances that I like. Like, I swear to God, that kid is just doing Keanu Reeves. Like, if Keanu Reeves was in that movie, that movie would be a thousand times better. But you can't really do Keanu Reeves because Keanu no. Reeves is 50. <laughs> That's true. I would love it if he's like, I'm 25. And they're like, no, you're not. And Dean DeHaan looks 12, but he's 30-something. Mm -hmm. So I like Dean DeHaan. That was, a, that was a great year for him. I think you like seeing Dean DeHaan's game. Oh God! It was it was such a it was such a nice time in this car ride with you. And now we must part ways. Yeah. When you mentioned a cure for, you want to get on the cure for wellness podcast? I can set Brielle in here. You could, who can talk about that? A cure for pod. Yeah, cure for pod. But that takes us out of our two movies. And once again, what was yours, Tyler? The Decline of Western Civilization Part Two: The Metal Years. And mine was the Fifth Element. Oh, that now takes us into our feature presentation double feature and the lights are about to go down but first tyler has to get up and introduce our first movie oh the first movie has a zero on rotten tomatoes it is the listic x versus sever hey! drop your weapon You kill me, you kill Gant's son. I don't work for Gant. I just want my wife. That's it, huh? That's, that's it. That's, okay. that's the best intro this movie's gonna get out of me. Fair enough. Do you have a clip you want put in? Because I couldn't figure out a clip for it. I have a 30-minute clip, or a not 30-minute, a 30-second clip that I pulled out that I find really funny, but, oh, like, yeah? I don't know if it works on an audio podcast. It's, like, so funny to me visually. What is it? They're in the car park, right? And 
Antonio Banderas like catches Lucy Liu's character. X catches Sever. It's like don't move, and they have like this standoff where like Sever's it's like real serious and like the music kind of like Ugh. fades out a little bit, and Sever is like, "You kill me, the boy dies," and like X is like, "I don't work for Gant." He's <laughs> like, "Okay, I know this something about their about. wife," and then like the his sidekick like creeps up the stairs, and like Antonio Banderas looks away, and so Sever runs. But the thing is, like, the next shot isn't, like, them being, like, a chase. It's just Lucy Liu shooting the sidekick and the sidekick going, oh, <laughs> and it never oh. ceases to make me laugh. Well, we'll put that in there. And this is this is the first thing I thought of when I was watching this, because this movie, I've been aware of it since it came out. I remember the first thing I ever read in the school paper that I had when I went to high school was a no. really scathing review of this movie saying this is bad. I eventually would take over for the guy who wrote the movie reviews in the paper. And I remember him just being like, this is a really terrible movie. This is probably one of the worst movies I've seen of all time. And I stayed away from it until now when I started a podcast with a madman, clearly. <laughs> hey man, you gave me versus yeah, movie. You're right. I did. It's my fault in some ways at the end of it. You can really put it back on me. So this is both of our faults. <laughs> I what I wrote was this. I wrote, I feel like if this didn't star two huge names and it was a Hong Kong action film that just somehow made its way over to America, I don't think people would be as like off put to this. I think it's the fact that it has names in it that mm -hmm. is throwing people. Like Antonio Banderas has done good movies. Lucy Liu has done good movies. There's a lot of problems in this movie, and I think I just think it's like there's a good movie in it. It's just not what we're watching. Yeah, no, it's really not. It's just really not. I feel what bad we're for watching. Vancouver. I feel bad for them. How come? God. No wonder Canada hates us. The fucking first time Vancouver's on film as Vancouver, and it's this fucking movie. Yeah, I feel bad for them too. <laughs> so like... I want to. I want to start off with analyzing this movie. Yeah, I want to talk about the moment. So it starts off with this little kid getting off of a plane and his mother picking him up at the airport. And then they drive for like 10 minutes and we get a couple shots of the city. And then someone comes and takes the kid away from the mother who's like working for his father. I'd like to point out, why not just do that at the airport? Why not just save us the trip of having to watch like shots of Vancouver? Why? Why did we need that? Why not have him pick up the child at the airport? Yeah, or... yeah, just do that. Save us some time. Well, I, what's so weird is they also don't name any of these people, so you just don't know what's happening. You're just super confused. Oh, there, oh, there's three names in there. There's X, Sever, and Gant. Yeah. God knows they say Gant 900 they times. They say Gant 800 times, but like they don't tell you who, what the kid's name is. They don't tell you any of these people are. It's just the kid gets kidnapped. The mom doesn't seem that worried about it. The mom's she's, just like she's, more She's Princess bad. Katana. I mean, she's Princess Katana from Mortal Kombat. She's lived a thousand years. She isn't. Right. She isn't. What? That's who she is. That's what I know her from. Fine. The whole time I was laying on my side because Tyler sent me a link to this movie because I A, couldn't find it, and B, I've packed away my, my stuff to download movies. And I was like, Oh shit, that's Princess Katana. What why is she in this movie? There's so much wrong with this movie. It's it's really is. It's really hard to start. But the kid gets kidnapped, Sever steals the kid. So people don't mistake. Sever is played by Lucy Liu. She is yeah. a former DEA agent who is trying gone to get revenge. Rogue. Yeah, yeah, gone rogue, trying to get revenge on her boss Gant. We um, don't really know why till later. No, we don't really figure out until the end. I also kinda don't know why. <laughs> It's because I think he whacked her kid. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. I guess. Yeah. Because she has that line. She's like, I was, she's like, I was a mother. Yeah. Ugh. By the way, 
I won't lie to you. I'm I I I pre- no, I don't pretend. I I like movies. I I enjoy film a lot. I won't lie that I got a little excited when the song by the Crystal Method name of the game started playing when she got out of that car and just started whooping ass. Oh, I won't lie to you. I was like, yeah, this this is okay. This is like okay. It's- like I said, there's moments in this movie where I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah okay. th- there good are good movie. moments. It's just overshadowed by a lot more bad moments. It's just there's also one thing about the movie that's so funny is just it's a it's a it's a hallmark sign of boring, bad movies like movies that aren't fun to watch that are bad movies that are just like boringly bad is there's, like, weird spaces in the editing where, like, someone will say something, it'll cut to someone who didn't say anything, we'll just have, like, a reaction shot, and then it'll oh. cut to another person reacting to what has been said. Oh. That happens, like, I gotta say, like, five times in this movie, and every time I'm just like, all right, just writing another one down, <laughs> just notching another one on the bedpost, I suppose. After she takes this kid who is somehow the son of, I don't know if he's a mobster, a terrorist, we're not really sure who this guy is. His name is Gant. And he's played by Greg Henry, which is really funny. <laughs> I saw that name come up on screen. I'm like, my buddy Greg's in this? No, it's not that Greg Henry. And yeah, Robert Gant is, I think he's a weapons dealer. We don't really know. He's um, the bad guy, question mark. Yeah, it, That's it's what really, the movie basically tells you. Yeah, and she takes him to get revenge. And, of course, he sends off all of his people to find her and get his kid back, including his number two man, Ray Park, or as you know him, Darth Maul. Holy crap. Oh, my God. There, I forgot how bad Ray Park is as an actor. That's why oh. Darth Maul works, because all he has to do is stand there and do flips. I feel like George Lucas heard him talk and was like, don't, don't speak. No, no speaky. Yeah. And <laughs> say what you will and say, not what, for speaking. and say what you will about that horrible pedophile Brian Singer, but he had the right idea too. He's like, uh, you get two lines. You you get two lines of dialogue, Ray Park. It's at this time that character actor Miguel Sandoval, who plays Julio Martin, seeks out former FBI agent Jeremiah X, which I'd like to point out, if we're going to cut the scene where the kid gets picked up by his mother, then gets taken by the father, then gets taken, why not have that guy come to Antonio Banderas right away instead of Antonio Banderas beating up two other FBI agents like I'd be pissed if I was those two other FBI agents being like hey maybe you should have gone to talk to him first so that guy I... didn't just fucking punch <laughs> us in the throat my favorite thing hey this introduction to X is amazing because like He's the first thing you see is a bar and then you see him and his like overcoat it's covered in water and you're like all right that guy just lost his life <laughs> like you can clearly tell like oh that guy's wife is dead Oh, like, he's God. retired, his wife is dead, it's raining. Like, those are the three things I got from that shot. It's all, it's all you really need to know, because these characters are so thinly drawn. I'm also wondering if Miguel Sandoval was just, like, outside the bar and was heard he the fight. He comes in, like, two minutes later! Yeah, he heard the fight. Antonio and Banderas just... beats those two little, like, green agents' asses, and you're just like, well, this would have been nice if you would have been here to start. Just... Wouldn't have had to lay the beat down on your fucking friends. <laughs> I'm not going to beat up Miguel Sandoval. Yeah, he's he looks like he's been perpetually 50 the entire yeah. time. Who is slumming it in this movie. Oh my god, there are a lot of people who I feel like are kind of slumming it. He's the only one who seems confident in his, like, he like understands his role, he knows his lines. That's why they had to shoot him so quickly into it, because they, they couldn't have that competency messing up this movie. You get out of here, competency, this is X versus Sever, bang. He's trying to get his takes done so he can run over to catering. It's, you know, he's got it all there. So, and then the movie's just like, kapow, right in the chest. If we want to break this plot, but I don't think we need to go through the plot of this super heavy. I think the plot of this movie is 
X versus Sever. X is trying to get this kid back and Sever wants to get revenge on Gant. I, I don't think there's more to it than that. But like the thing is, is they're not verse each other for more than 30 minutes in the movie. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. It's 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's 30 that 30 minute turn in the script where they become pals and then the script's like question like, mark, question mark, prospect. dime they become friends. Like yeah. it's only because of one thing. All she needed to, oh my God. And she, oh, Lucy Liu is terrible in this movie. And I, I like, I like Lucy Liu a lot. I really do. Like, I like Lucy Liu because I think she's a really talented actress. I like Lucy Liu because I think Lucy Liu is exceptionally attractive. What's she's that? such a charming actress too. And not in this though. Not in she's this. She's charmless. She oh my God. Like you're sitting there and you're like, you're going to do Kill Bill in like a year and you're going to be great in it. Where? Oh, oh. 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 Oh my God, she's so bad in this. Let's let's. You know what we we've talked about. The plot of the movie is X is trying to stop Sever, and then Sever and X eventually become friends to stop Gant. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about the people in this and why they should have stepped away from this movie. Okay. The first thing they should have stepped away from is the fact that the guy who was directing it was going to go by the name Chaos when he directed it. K A O S. <laughs> yes, I I saw that, and that the minute I saw that, I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be good. This is going to oh, be bad. Boy. But that I mean, Chaos is in his name. Don't care. Don't fucking care. He goes. He also goes by on some of his other movies as Witch Chaos. No, 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 Oh, I'm reading it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like and I, said, I was gonna was try to pronounce movie. it, but no, uh, no one can. No one can because if you do, you open up the seal to the apocalypse. Clearly, <laughs> I keep looking at it, and I'm like, I, I'm not. It'll sound worse if I try to pronounce it. So I'm just gonna call him yeah. by Chaos, which is a pseudonym. I find him truly fascinating because he's a director who still directs, but everything I have seen or heard of looks absolutely beguilingly awful. It's not good. That's, no, that's... it's a filmography that I'm very confused <laughs> about. It's it's that moment where you're just like, how does he keep getting work? His next movie is Tekken 2, 2014. Sounds like he just sold a ticket to me. He sold a ticket to me because I definitely want to see what that's about. And also, he sold a ticket for me for Zero Tolerance because that also looks just super strange. Oh, God. What is, Boy. Oh, none of this is good. None of it looks good. All of the posters look like bad direct-to-video posters. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the problem. Ballistic X versus Sever looks like a... Why is it called that? Why couldn't it just be called X versus Sever? Or just Ballistic. Yeah, Ballistic would be great, too. Ballistic is a pretty good action movie name. Yeah, if you just have ballistic or X versus Sever, but you have to get the whole thing. You're like ballistic X versus Sever. Fuck, this is a long title. So this stars Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu, who are both really fucking good actors and not just good actors are good in like action movies. Mm -hmm. They're both also kind of hot at this moment. I mean, both both in the metaphorical sense and the I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to stop it. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, Antonio Banderas is a smoke show in this, and Lucy, Lucy Liu is just drop-dead gorgeous. It's the problem that it has a lot of good elements. I did. I don't think it works. He was fucking El Mariachi for three movies, and he's amazing as El Mariachi. Mm-hmm. He has the chops to pull off I an mean, action movie. Antonio Banderas sort of recovered from this movie. It's harder to say whether or not Lucy Liu did. She does Kill Bill the next year, and she's really good in it. She does Kill Bill the next year. I don't think the thing that a lot of people say about this movie, which is it killed both of their careers, is necessarily true. Because, like, Lucy Liu's in Chicago and Kill Bill, like, within a year. 
she kept working for a long time after this. It's not until like Domino where her career really starts to fall off. And Antonio okay. Banderas. So you and I are on different pages. I like parts of Domino. And the year. Oh, no, that, I like Domino too. And the year I'm after saying. that, she does Lucky Number 11, which is arguably one of my favorite come out of nowhere ensemble cast performances. Oh, she does Rise Blood Hunter. Oh, God. There's a lot of muck in that. She, uh... she has those Kung Fu Panda movies, though. Those those so, are probably so... super helpful God, when it comes just... to paying the bills. Spy Kids 3D came out in 2003. Oh, my God. We, we sat through all... Oh, she's in Man with the Iron Fists as well. Oh, she's so Oof. good. I love Lucy Liu. I think she is great. I her Her turn on that show, Elementary. I mean, that show's run for nearly 150 episodes. That's... It's pretty impressive. My, I mean, part of the reason why I wanted to do this movie is I just wanted to see it. it. Like, I just like, it couldn't be that bad. And then upon watching it, I was like, you know what? You're right. And you know what? Everyone's right. This is pretty bad. I thought you were going to say, I wanted to do this movie because I wanted to see you suffer, Ben. And that's, <laughs> no. that's, what, that's what you get. I was uh, genuinely, like, morbidly curious. Had you ever seen this before? I realized at the end that I had once watched the, like, last 30 minutes, before, like, at one time. I've seen this for some reason. Like, so, it was on TV. Let's, let let me ask you this. What is your least offensive scene? Mm. There are no good scenes in this movie. I don't, I don't think there are. There are no, like, abjectly interesting scenes. I would, I'm, least offensive? The scene if someone, like, said, you're going to sit in a room for ten hours and I'm just going to play this scene on loop. And you're like, okay, I could sit through that. Um, Maybe when it's mostly Miguel Sandoval and he's like explaining to X like what he has to do and that's like a two minute that's like a two minute long scene where he's basically just so this is everybody this is a situation and it kind of like sets out the playing field I guess yeah. that's like one of the only scenes where I didn't want to pull my hair out uh, due to something happening on screen. I'll say this: an action sequence should not bore you. And Jesus Christ, this might have three of them that are just fucking painstakingly boring. And they're super long. <laughs> they go on forever. Like, oh, this would be like really cool if it was like a little bit tighter. And all of the action scenes are, they're so loose. Yeah. Like, there's no threat in any of them. And the editing, it's trying to do the Tony Scott fast cuts. The problem is, and I write about this, the director was taken off the project. He wasn't allowed to see the edit or have anything to do with the edit at a certain point. And I think what happened is they tried to cut it to be more like Michael Bay, but it wasn't shot to be like that. It was shot oh, to be it's, like... It's really bad. It's, it was, it's just... Yeah, I think it was more shot to be more like a Hong Kong action film where like a lot of the action happens in camera and there's not a whole lot of cutting. But like it's cut to shit, dude. It's I mean, really... You can't convince me an action movie is action-filled when Antonio Banderas looks like he's almost falling asleep halfway through this movie. I, it, it, it is a problem that both director, both actors are, like, during the entire movie, dreaming about what they're going to buy when they cash the paychecks. The movie reeks of 2002, first of all. Oh, yeah. And that not, just, not just in terms of, like, music, fashion, but also camera work. You're absolutely right. It just, it feels like a 2002 shot movie. It... Yeah, it does, but it feels, I don't know, it feels like it's two different movies at the same time. A lot of the action sequences, I'm like, that would be cool if it was in a different movie, if it just wasn't like this. And it was reading that, like, someone else came in to edit it. I was like, that makes a lot of sense, because it just, like, it feels like someone trying to edit a movie into something completely different. It's so, it's just so fucking 
it's such a fucking average movie. And it is. the fact that it could have been so better average. is what keeps sinking it lower and lower. Like mm-hmm. it starts off like with its head above water. And then it's like someone keeps just handing it rocks and you're just like, that's going to kill this thing. And yeah, whatever. And it keeps accepting the rocks. That's the problem. It yeah. keeps allowing you to hand it rocks. It's like, you're going to sink if you keep held it. And it's like, yeah, I'll figure it out. It's like, no, you don't. It's a real death by a thousand cuts. It uh, really is. Yeah. That was what was hardest about watching this is I can see a decent movie in this. Like I it not like a great movie. Like I don't see like some lost masterpiece. I see like a three. Like a really good hangover movie that might be like kind of fun on a weekend when you're like I, I, I think I'd I think I'd be more hungover after this. <laughs> I think I'd I think I'd just be more but, angry. Well, well what I'm saying is I can see the like okay, competent action movie that this was trying to be and not this horrible watered down mess i was almost mad at you yesterday because i watched this before i had to go to work i'm like this is what i wasted my last hour of freedom before work doing oh no i watched it i watched it when i got home and that made me feel significantly that i think it's a better way to do it oh i wish you could go back and tell yesterday ben that (laughs) because boy he would like to have that information so I want to say the scene for me that is the least painful is when they're researching each other, which, by the way, they're doing at the exact same time. And it's just so hilariously bad. This movie also doesn't hold up in terms of technology because they're just like trying to be like, oh, look, she's been disavowed. She's gone. The scene you were talking about that we're going to put in as the clip, I think, where he's like, I want my wife back. When he says that, I honestly thought to myself, I'm like, is the bad twist of this movie, she's his wife and she has amnesia or some bullshit? Like, I honestly thought that's what it was going to be. And then when you find out it's Princess Katana from Mortal Kombat, I'm like, oh, okay, that's not nearly as bad, but still not great. And also, okay, so Gant is now married to Antonio Banderas' former wife because she thought he died in a car explosion. If you saw a car explode that you thought your husband was getting into... (laughs) I don't care if you're the keeper of the keys to the to the outworld for the Shao Kahn. Why wouldn't you walk over to that car and make sure he was dead? Like, I don't know. Seriously. Also, I'd like to point out it's Gant who sets off the two bombs. When he's pulling her away to make sure she's safe, he jams the little thing that he pushes into his pocket. It looks like he's going to play with himself. It, it doesn't look good. None of this movie is good. Listen. Why? What were the other two movies that you picked last week? Just to twist this knife was yeah, uh, Scott yeah. Pilgrim versus the world and Joe versus the volcano. Oh my god, I don't even know the second one, but we could have talked about Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I want to meet the other version of me where I'm so much happier and I still haven't seen this terrible film. There is an alternate universe where you picked odds and we watched those two movies. Oh, I, and I've never seen the second one, but I gotta believe it's better than this. Joe versus the volcano is a Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks vehicle. I remember Tom Hanks was in it. It is, I think, oh, an action comedy. I could that be. Sounds like be. fun. Yeah. Also, wouldn't she have to identify the body? Yes. And why wouldn't he just go home where she probably would be? What, what are and you doing? Wouldn't both of them have to identify the body? That's where I'm confused because he also thinks she died in that car explosion. Yeah. Oh, my God. This fucking doesn't make any sense. By the way, Lucy Liu seems to do a lot of running when people are getting shot, even though (laughs) everyone who shoots at her has Stormtrooper level training. No one can hit her. Like, if I was Gant, I would be like, what am I paying you people for? Seriously. Like, you guys have guns that should tear apart buildings and you can't hit her. I think another thing that makes me so mad is that she can't, she's like 
perfect accuracy. Accuracy to the point where she can shoot someone and not kill them. Oh, I didn't gotta like be kidding me. Either. I did not like that either. By the way, so Antonio Banderas' character has a partner who he doesn't want to work with because, you know, he's, he's the lone wolf. He has to take people down by himself. And his partner is this very nice Asian gentleman who has a daughter who at one point is sitting next to Antonio Banderas and stares at him for no less than three and a half fucking minutes. And I, I'm, like, I'm like, am I in a different movie? Is this a Pedro Almavar movie? What is this? Was, Why is this girl just staring at him? And then he attempts clearly. to smoke and she shakes her head no and you're like, what, what the fuck is this? It's very clearly supposed to be a joke, but like... Oh, it's not funny. It's really not funny, and also, she stares at him for an honest-to-God minute. It is so long. Like, I'm like, who is this child? Like, if he hadn't come in the room, I would have thought there was just a scene where, like, a little Asian girl is staring at Antonio Banderas. This movie's... It's not wild, because it's not, like, super weird. It's just, like, not good. I want to ask one other thing. And this may point out my own inner self, not hatred, but my inner maybe bigotry. Is it racist that she does origami? The little girl? No, Lucy Liu. I mean... It just seems like there's no reason for her to do it. They don't, like... If they had shown a scene at the beginning where, like, Gant's like, looks like we got hit last night, sir, and he goes, who was it? He goes, I don't know, this is the only thing we found. They found, like, a crane, and that was, like, her calling card? Maybe, but there's no reason for her to do origami. There really isn't. Yeah, I would say maybe that's yeah, a little racist. Ugh. It's a little racist. Yeah, it's... Oh, my God. It's just... It's just not good. By the way, this holds the number 87 spot on IMDb's lowest-rated movies of all time. I think after this one, you get into some, like, the actual, like, real dreck of, like, just, just like, straight-up weird yeah. VOD stuff and, like, direct straight-to-video. Yeah. Shot-on-video yeah. types things, but... This is as bad as everyone says it is. And it's bad for reasons that aren't fun. (laughs) It's no, it's not even something you can make fun of. I I will say this. The last action scene in the train yard is okay. It's It's competent. Okay. That is the only time the movie feels like it is the movie that it is. You know what I mean? Like the the action isn't, isn't cut all horribly. It's like kind of feels like it's more of like the movie it wanted to be. There's also one really cool stunt, which is when they do the two cars flipping at the same time. I'm that like, was All cool. right, that's pretty cool. I was like, ah yeah. That's right. that's about the yeah, that's about the only thing. So Ray Park was originally a stunt man, right? I believe so, yes. Why does he look so chubby in this movie? <laughs> like there's the scene where him and Sever are gonna face off and he takes out his gun, she takes out her gun, he takes off like his bigger gun, she does the same thing, and they're about to fight each other. He's wearing this really bad turtleneck that just makes him look pudgy. And I'm like, dude, you were fucking Darth Maul. Like, seriously? Like, why why are you so pudgy looking? You're supposed to be this svelte agent. This is he and he's also, just got that bad accent too. Ugh. He was also Baraka, you know. I think also Ben, I think that might be like his accent. I think he's like Australian. No, it is. It is. He's, he's, he's Scottish. Oh, God. Oh. He's he's Scottish, not Australian. One big happy family, Sava. And you're just like, fuck off, movie. Like, seriously. I am tired. This is how I the movie isn't long either. It's like No, it's like barely an hour nine and a half. minutes. By the way, I paused it at one point and Brielle was like getting ready and I just went, fuck. And she's like, what's the matter? I go, there's an hour left of this movie. And she goes, how long have you been watching? I'm like, 25 minutes. And she's like, she's like, that's not very long. I go, yeah, you think? You think it's not very long? How long have you been watching it? Eight days. (laughs) I've been breaking it up into five minute increments. That's how I keep from breaking the television. I don't have much more to say about this. Do you? I have one more thing to say about it, which is... 
I the MacGuffin that they use to make Gant like the evil person. What is what is in the kit? I don't feel I ever figured that out. So it's a bullet that has a little like nanorobot that will, can get into your bloodstream and can like oh. cause an embolism. <laughs> oh god, that's right. The machine, the thing they're after is this machine that can cause like brain aneurysm. Oh my god. Oh my god. It could cause a brain aneurysm or an embolism. Oh my god. Or a heart yeah, great, great, great. Just so glad. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know if it makes any. Oh my god. Oh. Well, you know, I I don't want to accuse you of something because I don't think you're a, a nefarious or notorious person. However, I will say this. I think you did this on purpose. I really do. <laughs> I think you set this up and I and here's the reason why. I think you set this movie up because you did not want on either of our lists for existence to be the lowest rated movie <laughs> that we rate on this podcast. And I'm going to tell you right now, Tyler, are you ready to get to ratings? Because <laughs> I'd like to hear yours. I really would. I'll be going second. All right, I'm going to give it one and a half star. Oh, that's that's nice. That's yeah, nice. One and a half. Just, just above your rating for existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? Take off one star from yours. And that's my review. Of Half star. Yeah. Wow. Think about, that Think about that moment where the where the guy says to the Joker, he goes, "How much you want?" He goes, "Half." Like that's that's exactly <laughs> the way I wanted to describe it. Half. Yeah. It's a half star movie. Nothing has been rated that low on both my Twitter or here ever. This movie sucks. It sucks on so many levels. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so sorry. I, it's okay. I it's didn't okay. think of this bad, honestly. This is, honestly. Good. This I was is like... good. Whenever whenever someone brings this up at a party or or whatever, I don't know who's bringing up this party. I'm throwing them out of my party if they are. They'll be like, you know, see Ballistic X versus Severn? I go, excuse me, I have to go get my gun. And they'll be like, hey, what? And I go, don't worry about it. <laughs> you keep talking. Don't think about it. Yeah, don't worry. I'm going to go get that large gun that Lucy Liu. By the way, no way Lucy Liu was not getting thrown back by any of those guns she shoots. I... Just, I keep thinking about that time she shoots his his sidekick. It's the most comedic moment of it's, 2002. It's, it's a bad movie. <laughs> I, we we rated it. I don't I don't want to talk. The lights have come up. Those who have managed to get out without being tased by the uh, ushers. I feel like people are showing up. <laughs> Maybe out of morbid curiosity. One of these days, by the way, I had this great thought that you and I should do a thing where we have like a 12 screen theater and you get to pick the movies that are going to run for that week. I think that would be a fun, interesting experiment. Oh God. Yeah. Like, like you, you get like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll make it like a six screen theater. Okay. We'll make it like a, make it like a discount house. And you find out that you have a terminal disease and you get to program a theater for a week. That'd be really hard. I don't know, six movies? You can do that. Six movies Six that movies run. for a week? Okay, for a week, yeah. I yeah, guess if I, I was thinking like six movies a day, and I was like, that's insane. No, no. That's a no, lot no, of movies. No. Yeah, each screen gets one movie. Okay, yeah, I could do that. So the lights have come up. People are looking around. They're wondering if Tyler's going to walk to the parking lot with armed security or not because they're going to have a word with him. And <laughs> well, like, oh, oh no, like... the doors have locked again and the lights are going down and it's time for our second movie. Tyler, what are we watching? I just had this visual of me like on stage, just like swinging a baseball bat with a donut. <laughs> just being like, try me fuckers. <laughs> Come get some. The second movie is a movie I rented from Blockbuster back in the day. Or not Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, because that's what we had, not, not Blockbuster. And it was a movie that was so fucking dark 
we had to pause it because we were trying to watch it during the daytime and watch it at night because we just could not see anything happening on the screen. That is, of course, the notorious Alien vs. Predator Requiem. What do you want to do for the clip here? There's nothing to do for the clip here. <laughs> like, I would like to do the scene where the uh, three boys beat up the the main boy because I don't know he made a slightly gay joke towards them. That's I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Or we'll, maybe I'll... when actually when the the shitty kid comes back and like it's like you gotta help me get my keys out of the sewer. Like that That's part. Not bad. Like, That's not bad. Okay. Okay. So. First of all, I want to bring this up. I don't trust a title that can't be in focus long enough to read it. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, it, it, what? Like, no, that title was too fast. What if people think they're in the wrong thing? Oh, boy. The but, title was know, just like, Alien vs. Program. Unlike the last movie, this I kind of respect for picking up, like, right where the last Alien vs. Predator left off in kind of the John Wick style of, like, picking up minutes after it. We are taken to you know what in fact i think for people who haven't seen alien versus predator and i don't know who you are out there it won several awards and i think it was nominated yeah i think it was nominated (laughs) but for the first alien versus predator i'm going to give you a quick summary there were some people who found a pyramid in antarctica they went to that pyramid turns out that pyramid was where predators used to hunt aliens uh, attack the place predators show up and hunt the aliens and one of the predators gets a face hugger put on him That predator is then taken to a ship by other predators, and that predator then spawns a half-alien, half-predator hybrid. A praelian or a aliator? I'm going to call it a praelian. A predalien. And that starts to run loose on the ship, and that catches you up from Alien versus Predator. So that ship, which is leaving Earth, then crashes back to Earth and crashes, unfortunately, in Oregon, I want to guess? Colorado. Oh, Colorado. I know this because you see the flag really quickly. As before the camera pans down. The thing crashes and it, it breaks out and there's a... By the way, I will give this movie credit, whereas Alien vs. Predator hugged onto the PG-13 rating very hardly. AVP Requiem does not. This movie does not give a fuck, dude. No, this it really... Christmas and it's like, we're gonna kill two kids. <laughs> dude, I dry ran this movie Christmas Eve to make sure it was built correctly. And I fell asleep during it. Oh, it's fucking terrible. Like, so it's, not a, it's not a good movie. It's a bad, bad film. It is a bad film. So the Predator ship crashes. The a, the a We're going to call it the hybrid. The hybrid alien Predator breaks out. And this father-son are hunting in the woods, and they both get attacked by facehuggers, which have also broken out. The facehuggers lay eggs in them, and all of a sudden, like, we then cut to this small Colorado town, and... What I kind of dug about this was they were setting it up like a horror movie. They're introducing to you all the cannon fodder. Yeah, it really should be a horror movie. I mean, the first one was an action movie, and it's not a good one. No, because the Predators don't look like Predators. They look like WWE wrestlers. Not saying there's anything wrong with a WWE wrestler, but that's not what a Predator looks like. They're supposed to be lean. At least the Predators in this look like Predators. I'll give this. Yeah, this movie's got it better than AVP. I think I'd much rather watch AVP than this really you would watch the first over the second i mean the first one is less just like 
Ugh. Like, this movie is, like, toxic to me. Like, I don't know what it is about this movie. I'm just like, go. Why? See, I didn't, hate, I didn't hate this nearly as much. I dislike this more than Ballistic. Tip oh. my hand. Oh, my God. I really did not like this. <laughs> oh, but by the way, the Predalien, the hybrid, has dreadlocks, and that made me laugh out loud. So, right there, it's already at half a star, because at no point did I laugh during X vs. Sever. I mean, I laughed a lot during X vs. Sever. That's where that was not, one, not that's where that one star. Not in a good way. Oh, you mean intentionally laugh. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So, the... Movie shows us several characters. There's a guy who just got home from prison, I think, whose brother yes. is working at a pizza place, and the brother has a girl that he likes, and she's dating some asshole with three friends who are all homophobes because they all beat the shit out of the guy. It doesn't matter. They're, they're showing you cannon fodder. All these Listen, people you're seeing are going to probably die. Those kids are rich. It's 2007. Hillary Duff hasn't told people why they shouldn't say the word gay. You know, it was a different time. What? Wait, what was this about Hillary Duff? You don't you you remember that commercial of Hillary Duff? No, no, I don't. I'm going to send you that commercial, and you better use it as a fucking job. Do you like this top? It's so gay. Really? Yeah, it's totally gay. You know, you really shouldn't say that. Say what? Well, say that something's gay when you mean it's bad. It's insulting. What if every time something was bad, everybody said, oh, that's so girl wearing a skirt as a top. Oh, you are. <laughs> Those are cute jeans, though. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. So I wrote down, damn teens always assaulting each other over gay jokes. That's that's the best I can say about that. You joke, but man, small town Nevada, that was like the pastime. It really was. We find out this town is like a small little Colorado town, and there are homeless people sleeping in the sewers. That's not good for them. I'm so confused. This is a small, like, gated community type town, right? Mm-hmm. Yet there's, like, homeless people? Yeah, who, who sleep in the sewers. major city? Who, who knows? Fuck me for questioning the logic yeah. of Alien versus Predator Realium. That's and on you know, me, I suppose. Yeah, no, it's on both of us. And, you know, this is the problem with a really bad movie, because when a really bad movie starts to do things i start to kind of go off in my own direction and i wrote whenever i get bored with the movie i start to make up side stories for characters wait i'm confused about the movie so the cops knew that internal affairs was setting them up what are you talking about there's nothing like that in there well you see when i get bored i make up my own movie i have a very short attention span in the movie and i started to build one for the main predator in this movie because the one thing I do respect about this movie is that whoever wrote and directed this, I think it was I think it was written and directed by both the Strauss brothers. It was actually directed Ooh, by the Strauss everyone. brothers, but it's written by a guy named Shane Salerno. Who also wrote Savages, which is an Oliver Stone movie. He wrote Savages? Ugh. Yeah, not not a not a great record, but I will give him this. This guy obviously respects the mythology of Predator and more, Alien. Yeah, more than whoever wrote the first one did, obviously. It's true. And they go back to the Predator homeworld, and we see this Predator, like, obviously they know that this ship has crashed on Earth and something has happened, and he's able to see through the mask that one of the other Predators who died is wearing. And what I love about this is I started to create a story, I'm like, this Predator is essentially one week away from retirement, and he's the best guy they have to go clean and fix up situations like this. He is the Dexter of Predators. He goes and he makes sure there's no evidence left behind that Predators or aliens exist. And he's like, oh, God damn it. These fucking kids going on hunting trips. I got to go fix this. So he gets in his little predator ship and he heads to Earth to take care of this problem. Because he's aware that there is 
a hybrid on Earth and he can't allow that because it's probably an abomination in their culture and it's also probably a big fucking danger. I just imagine this predator dressed as Harvey Keitel from Pulp Fiction, just like a cleaner. <laughs> just like he'll fix it. <laughs> He's got a suit on. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. <laughs> It's so not good. Mm. So he shows up on Earth and he's starting to hunt down this 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 uh, hybrid thing. And that's kind of where the movie like eventually kicks into full gear where he's trying to stop this thing and kill the other aliens who have spawned. Because, by the way, spoiler alert, that kid whose father and him got facehuggers on them, they die pretty quick because chest bursters break mm. out. They show like a nine year old kid getting chest bursted. And I, I, I like, got to say, mad respect to the Strauss brothers for doing listen. that. That's a full star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely getting it there. It's the only one you're getting, but goddamn. Well, we know Tyler's rating. <laughs> we then also see a family whose father is played by the, uh, as Brielle saw as we were sitting on the couch, I was watching this, she was playing her game. She looked up, she goes, oh, that's the hot guy from True Blood. I'm like, I, I don't care. Please, please don't do that. And also his wife has gotten yeah. back. His wife has gotten back from the army. And this is what I wrote down about their daughter. I wrote, you ungrateful little shit. Your mom is a war hero or something. I, I don't know. Like she's from, oh my God, there's so many bad tropes in this movie. There's just, there's so many bad tropes. Uh, the movie is, it feels like it was written in a week over like a, over like a six pack. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it really does. And I'll say this, the two brothers at one point go down in the sewer to find his keys because when he gets beaten up, those three guys throw his keys in the sewer. If you see not just one, but several rats running in a direction, go with those rats. Yeah, they, rats, they know what they're, doing. they're doing. Yeah, that's why they do that. I will say this, if you just see a large group of animals running in a direction, follow those animals. They yes. know what's happening. Something is clearly coming towards them that they don't want to be around. And let's be honest, if they don't want to be around it, you probably don't want to be around it. Something's fucked up. I gotta say, I'm glad you said this at the beginning. This is a really badly shot movie. It's fucking just... so hard to see. The hospital scenes in this movie. I oh my god! Can't see anything? I no. worked at a hospital, and I worked at a hospital for most of my adult life. About four years of my life, I've worked at a hospital. Oh. It should be like fucking neon bright. You know what I yeah. mean? Like even yeah. in a power outage, like they have generators. You should be able to see, like. <laughs> Mad respect to the Strauss brothers for having the pred alien impregnate four impregnated women already. I forgot that part. Disgusting. It's so gross. I hate it's this movie. So, it's so bad. It's such a bad movie. You so know what? You reminded me of that. I'm taking away half a star. <laughs> so it's back to half a star, huh? Yeah. Oh. So if only Harry Dean Stanton was in this movie, he could save it. <laughs> We're so, going to get close to negative starts soon. It eventually comes down to a giant fight between the Pred Alien and the and the, the two weeks from retirement Predator. <laughs> and everyone else is trying to escape. And I guess the end of this movie is the town gets fucking Fuck nuked. Nuke him. <laughs> fucking Fuck that gets shit. Nuked. And the, let's see, the shitty little girl, her war hero mother, and the two brothers escape. By the way, I don't remember how the sheriff gets separated from them, but he gets nuked. The um, predator and the alien get nuked. I believe the sheriff and Dallas go to the hospital, and they meet up at the hospital, because the hospital has the helicopter? Yeah. Is that what happens? This movie, I almost had to watch it again yesterday because the movie just, it did not exist in my mind anymore. It was like my brain was like, no. <laughs> Get oh rid of God. this. Oh my God. I 
didn't read the tagline for this movie. Do you want to know the tagline? Hit me with it. This Christmas, there will be no peace on Earth. It's a yeah, half star. Yeah, I'm at yeah. no stars right now. It's you're, at half star. <laughs> you're, you're at zero, huh? We're at zero stars. Wow, wow. A dud. A rare dud, potentially. Oh, potentially. So, yeah. And you know what, though? Maybe this will bring it up half a star. The movie looks like it's over. They they land the, the helicopter, and all of a sudden, there's a bunch of army guys there who are like, put down your weapons. It's like, who, who are these assholes? At this point, you've survived not one, not two, but several aliens, and you also survived a predator. I'd take my chances trying to kill these army guys. Like, I'd be like, you know what I just survived? I also just survived a nuclear explosion. <laughs> Seriously, what are you fucks going to do? I'd be like, I want to go home. Can I yeah. go home? You don't have oh, a wait. Yeah. You nuked it. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> you nuked it because you people couldn't figure out how to stop these things. And they drop their weapons and it's like, oh, everything's going to work out for these guys. And then you cut to this guy who's been on the other end with the sheriff, this guy who you're not really sure is. And you see him with two other guys bringing a black case to this woman in a conference room somewhere outside of wherever all this took place. And you see them open up and it's got the Predator gun in it. And you're not really sure who this woman is. I, you're actually, you're supposed to know who she is if you've seen every Predator movie, which... A alien movie. Is she alien? Yatani? I thought she was supposed to be the woman from the first Predator movie. Oh, maybe. I thought it was Whalen Yutani is like the person who sends people. Oh, you know what? You're absolutely you. right. That's exactly who it is. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Sorry, I was just so beaten down by this movie. I don't care who you are. <laughs> you made the movie better. <laughs> Did I? It was way more interesting. When when I saw Miss Yutani, I think I let out like I just like a gugh. <laughs> they give her the gun and they're like, Earth isn't ready for this technology. And so it's not really for, for us. That's where the movie ends. And this is the fourth, I think, in the Predator series in terms of like Predator movies and a crossover. And this is like the eighth in the Alien series, I think. Is that true? The sixth. I'm sorry. It's the sixth in the Alien series. It's the fourth in the Predator series, respectively. Oh, Predator 2 was way worse than I remember. Oh, I love Predator 2. No, but I mean, it just like it killed the series for a long time. Okay, and I'm going to say something that's really because we might never talk about Predator 2 and I want to make my case for Predator 2. If it. you look if you look at Predator 1, who does Predator fight in Predator 1? He fights an elite group of special forces guys led by Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is pretty much at that time the greatest task some sort of villain can take on is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let us look at Predator 2. He takes on Danny Glover, Bill Pullman, <laughs> Bill Paxton, excuse me, and a couple other cops. Here is my pitch for why I think Predator 2 is not a bad movie. Predator 1 is this sleek, badass alien. I think Predator 2 is a make-a-wish. I think this is a kid from the Predator world who might be a little special or he might be dying or something. And they said, you know what, let's, let's put him in Los Angeles. He can't get into too much trouble there. Let him have his hunt before he goes. Like, let's give him his moment. I, I think it's a Make-A-Wish Predator. I so, mean, just look at who directed the first movie. Oh, yeah, it's John McTiernan. John yeah, fantastic one of director. the best action directors of his generation. And then the other movie is directed by, like, Stephen Hopkins. Hopkins? What did Stephen Hopkins do? Exactly. <laughs> well, no, no, hold on. Actually, before you say that again, let's... Because I actually think... Good Judgment Night. Judgment Night's pretty good. What's Judgment Night? Judgment Night? That's a 90s movie. Hold on. It's Amelia Estevez, Cuba Gooden Jr., Jeremy Piven, Stephen Dorff. It's a weird movie. Never heard, it's a very never weird heard of movie. this movie. I think it's about like drug dealers who have to like, get across the city. It's the whole, like, they witness a murder and then, like, 
I think that's mm. what it, how do I put this nicely? You can shut your mouth right now. Stephen Hopkins directed The Ghost in the Darkness, which is one of the greatest mid-90s action movies of all time. Okay, yeah, sure. Have you ever seen Ghost in the Darkness? No. Oh, really? Val <laughs> Kilmer fights lions for two hours. It's amazing. What? Okay, that, all right, that's, yeah. That's the whole movie. Like, all he's right. a guy trying to build a bridge, and these lions are fucking with him, and he has to fight him. And then Michael Douglas shows up, and he has to fight him. That's the whole movie, and it's great. Okay, oh, yeah, you oh, got me. Did, oh, he also did, he, oh, wait, no, he was only second-hand director. I was like, oh, wow. He, he did died. A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Ooh, The Dream Child. Not a that's good one. That's one of the worst ones. Uh, oh, that's not a good one. Ooh, he did, the Lost, ooh he did the Lost in Space movie. Dude, this guy has had a tumultuous... Oh, career. Jesus. <laughs> oh, but he did do The Life and Death of Peter Sellers, which is a fun little, like, HBO movie. Fun fact about me, I think Lost in Space is the first movie I ever watched where I was like, movies can be bad? <laughs> <laughs> He did like, the reaping with Hillary Swank. Wow, this dude has had some stuff. You're right. The reaping's good. I like the reaping. This is my chance to tell my race story, which is I went and saw the movie Race because I had nothing to do for like three hours. And I was like, ah, race is two hours long. Whatever, I'll kill some time. And we got to the final race. <laughs> but like, Well, thank I, like... God. I mean, what if you didn't? Like, what if the movie just didn't happen? We... You want to you tell them what it's about first? Oh, it's about Jesse Owens. And now, for my next impression, Jesse Owens. (laughs) So we get to the last race, which is, I think, if I remember correctly, it's the relay race. And we get to that race, and the the, the whole, like, the Nazis are cheering for him. They're like, man, this, like, Jesse Owens kid, boy, can he run. And then the movie just, like, goes to black. (laughs) And for a second, we're just like, what? That was a, that was a then, bold strategy. And then we realized the theater, someone comes in from the ticket office and was like, there's been a power outage. Everybody, you gotta, we gotta, we can't turn the, there's no generators. There's been a power outage. We can't turn the power back on. You gotta leave. And so, oh, oh. so they give everybody who's currently, who's like seeing a movie, uh, they give them a free ticket. And so that's, race a movie I I don't think I paid much money for it. I probably paid like $6 to see it because it was like early on like a Sunday afternoon. It paid for me to see two movies for that. So, uh, so yeah. Well, it sounds, yeah. Like you, it sounds like you paid for it in your own way. It sounds like you paid. Oh, I paid for paid it for in one time. time. Yeah. 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 Well, we have gotten way off the subject of AVP Requiem. Definitely have to keep that in. <laughs> no, no. I want to keep all of that in because it results around Predator. <laughs> but let me ask you this. You've seen AVP, mm-hmm. and let us say that after they did AVP, and let's admit AVP obviously did well enough to garner a sequel. It yeah. doesn't not do it. If they came to you and said, what is your pitch for the next AVP movie, and you have to keep the the pralian in, you have to keep the hybrid in, what do you do? Oh, if I have to keep the hybrid in? You have to, because the ending of AVP 1 is the thing breaks out with the half predator thing. Oh, God. oh, by the way, my wife, I don't think has ever seen a Predator movie before you get into what you think you should do. And he's wearing the mask. She's like, do we ever get to see his face or is that the face? I said, oh, no, you'll see the face. They usually build to it. And like I said, babe, look up. He's taking off the mask. You're going to see it. She goes, does he have human features? Nope, he does not have human features. <laughs> like that, that, was, that was the extent. And I go, I go, what do you think? She goes, no, it's not for me. I don't like any of this. Super ugly. <laughs> he, he is one ugly motherfucker, but he's, um, the, he's one of the most iconic aliens out there. Next to maybe the alien from yeah, Alien, yeah. I would have scientists 
Okay, this is me pitching pitching a really like an idea I have not thought of mm-hmm. at all. I'm just gonna be spitballing improv and um, scientists have been doing experiments on the Predalien. The, the, the years go by, decades, generations, millennia, and we've gotten to the point like right before Alien. And essentially, what I would have them do is like have like an expedition of like just military people end up on like a random planet. Aliens are there, predators are there because we've experimented on the Predalien, like, our society has, like, jumped multiple times over. We're way more technically advanced, but we still have to, like, watch army men fight aliens, fight predators. No one wins, essentially. Okay. That's my I don't, I don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. I like that better than AVP Requiem. Thank also, you. why call it AVP Requiem? What a, what a terrible title. Because they knew they weren't call- going to get another one. Oh god, probably. <laughs> they they probably did. No, this movie made a fucking ton of money. I'm like, did a, it really? I don't remember this doing fuck all at a hundred and twenty eight million. Which granted people are is like so dumb. Not people locked. are so fucking dumb. This is why we got another fucking Predator movie, which was fucking terrible. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me rephrase. This all is right. why we got Predators, which is actually great, and then Predators gives us the Predator, which is fucking atrocious. Which the Predators, not good. Shane Black, Pre- go back to the drawing board that one. Which sucks, because Shane Black's a good filmmaker. He is a good oh. filmmaker. Okay. And he was in the first Predator. You would think he'd know what to do. He wrote the first Predator. And he was in it. Yeah, well, I don't know if he wrote it. I think he script doctored it, and he was like, the he was only reason you're involved. getting this yeah. is if yeah, I'm also in it. That's right. What they did is they, they wanted him to be on set, and he's like, the only way you're doing this is if I'm also in the movie. Fuck yeah, I would. Yeah, so I get two credits. I met Shane Black once. Is he nice? He seemed like he might have been on something, but then again, I was too young to really understand if he was on something. His, <laughs> he was here for the film festival, and my dad was kind of in charge of chaperoning him around to make sure he got to things. Like, not that he was a problem, like, he just needed, like, a lift everywhere. So, we were sitting there, and he was like, so, you like movies? I was like, I do like movies. He goes, what are you watching today for the film festival? I'm like, I'm gonna watch Lethal Weapon. And he's like, I wrote that, and it just blew my mind. Like, I was like, I don't know what else to say to you. You wrote Lethal Weapon. Maybe one of my favorite action movies as a kid. Like, you can no- write movies? <laughs> That's a thing! I just I just lose my mind and leave the car. <laughs> he comes over and goes, what did you say to my son? I'm like, I told him I wrote Lethal Weapon. He goes, yeah, that'd do it. Like, yeah. uh, my dad be like, yeah, that's about right. But yeah, he, he was nice for like the five minutes I talked to him. He was he was super cool. Okay. He could tell I liked movies. Was I it? wish I would have known he was going to do fucking the nice guys and fucking kiss, kiss, bang, bang. I would have been like, you have no idea how good your stuff's about to get. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. What a movie. What and a movie. The nice, I fucking love the nice guys, too. This podcast has devolved into movies we'd rather talk about. <laughs> well, that's, that's, well, guess what? You've just named the second half of it. It's going to be called X versus Sever and AVP Requiem or movies we'd rather talk about. <laughs> oh, So, yeah, why don't we take it to the star rating? What do you give this? Uh, I think I'm going to stick with my original rating of one star. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I'm, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it two. I, there are times in this I kind of enjoyed this. It's... It didn't piss me off nearly as bad as X versus Ever, but who knows? Maybe if these had been in reverse, they'd be sharing different ratings, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That takes us out of those movies. Yeah, we don't have to talk about these movies anymore. We do oh, not have to talk it's about these. Finally over. Man, it's we, done. We go, we, don't, we go an hour and ten minutes. We don't have to watch these movies ever again. Or mm-hmm. talk about them. We can just forget them. They can be like well, PTSD I bring, memories. I will bring up X versus Ever every podcast to teach you a lesson about bringing up. <laughs> no, I will never talk about them. It's the line from Marge. He goes, it was a wonderful vacation. Now let us never speak of it again. Exactly, yeah. yeah. 
that leads us out and the lights have come up. People are wondering if they should return next week for a double feature with us because clearly the people who are running this theater are on PCP or something. One guy just yells, we could see shit. <laughs> Boo! Boo! <laughs> You're like, you shut your mouth. This is our theater. We'll do what we want. Again, and that just... does lead us to the question, what is going to be the... I don't want to use the word stipulation anymore. What? What's a better word that's more movie-centric? Oh, God. What's the theme? What's the theme? There we go. What's the theme for next week's double feature when people show up for the Callan Theaters? What are When they show up next week to, to Callan Theaters, what is going to be the double feature what is the theme isn't it guilty pleasures is that the one it was it okay, was guilty pleasures and Oof. you know tyler even though you really really royally screwed me and yeah you just you just made me watch those two movies i'm i'm a benevolent guy and i want to give you a chance to to choose your own fate i've already got one of the movies picked out for guilty pleasures but i want you to pick between a number between one and uh 16 oh Wow, 13. Here we go with lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. Okay. Well, you said guilty pleasures, and we talked about this over text, and you said guilty pleasures are the things that I just unabashedly love or things that may not have held up because of time. Mm -hmm. And next week, Tyler, and boy, you want to talk about a real two movies that don't fit together. <laughs> next week, we are going to be watching a movie that is quite controversial for a couple reasons. One from the person who made it another from the fact that it deals with a lot of interesting stuff, but say what you will, I would arguably maybe put it in my top five movies of all time. And that is 1968 Rosemary's baby. Okay. And then Tyler, you and I are gonna, we're not going to be serious all next week, Tyler, because then we are going to take a little trip, Tyler to 1996. And we are going to look at a gentleman who at that time probably could have walked into any bar sat down next to a woman, given his name, address, telephone number, and could have taken that woman home. Your girlfriend, my girlfriend, my father's wife, whoever, he could take them home. And we will be talking about maybe not only his greatest miss, but in my opinion, maybe his most underrated movie, 1996's The Cable Guy. Oh, you chose weird number 13. <laughs> you chose number 13. You had so many other things you could have picked. I'm not going to tell you them on air. That's, no, that's yeah, for later. Once we're, once other we're on ones. Air. But next week we will be doing 1968's Rosemary's Baby and then 1996's The Cable Guy starring Jim Carrey. So that is it for us. If you want to follow me and see what I'm doing online, follow me at Benjamin Colton on Twitter, at HighWeirdness23 on Twitter, or at ETCritic. You can also follow us at TWGTFPod which is Two White Guys Talking Film. That's our Twitter handle. Tyler and I post on there occasionally. And Tyler, do you have anything you want to promote? No. No? Still <laughs> no. That's what gets us out of here. Short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah, no, I'm good. For Two White Guys Talking Film, I have, of course, been your host, Ben. And I'm X. You're not. You're not X. Because that makes me, ooh, I get to be Sever. Yeah. Which means I'm just Lucy Lou, and I can just stay home all day and look at myself nude in a mirror. Well, what this if is okay. I'm, what if I'm X and Sever? Well, then you have multiple personalities, and that movie just got a little bit better. What if I am Alien versus Predator? You're not. What does that even mean? When Alien versus Predator aren't on film, people should be asking, where's Alien versus Predator? <laughs> it's not a name. Do I guess